You're listening to a... Hi, folks. Pat DJ Cristados here with an editing note. During this episode, you're going to hear my microphone volume kind of go up and down a little bit. That's because during this recording, I was having some microphone issues. Jarrett was able to work some magic during the episode cleanup stage. We hope you have as much fun listening to this episode as we had fun recording it. So, without further ado, on with the show. You're listening to a very special Longbox Crusade episode. The 12 Days of Crusade Miss 2019. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. Your next minute. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French hens, two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. Can I have the next one? Uh-huh. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four colon birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six geese a laying, five golden wings, four golden birds, six damage controllers controlling. Hello, and welcome to the sixth installment of the 12 Days of Crusademus, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusademus is our gift to the comic loving podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some often overlooked comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each of the 12 days of Crusamus will bring you a new hidden gem of a comic series brought to you either by one of our jingling all the way co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests until we get all the way to December 25th, the big day, Christmas Day, a.k.a. Sky Striker Day. I'm your host for this sixth day of Crusademus, Jason Albrick, a.k.a. Weasel Skull. And here are the right jolly old elves joining me for today's unwrapping. And we will start off with the founder of the Long Box Crusade, the man, the myth, the legend, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. I'm still looking for a Sky Striker-sized box under that tree. I heard that you are, but, you know, I'm just, yeah, you never know what might happen there. But I wanted to make sure Delvin and Jarrett leave a big opening underneath their tree for something. Mm. Ooh. Uh, Jason, I think, yeah, you know, keep a little bit, you know, a little motorcycle size out for you. Motorcycle size? <laughs> I'm not liking where this is going. <laughs> I have like six Rams now. I want a Sky Striker. (laughs) All right. Coming up next, I've got my brother from my actual mother, Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. Death Probe. Merry Christmas, Jared. Uh, Merry Christmas, Jason. Now, let's see if I get this right. Uh, The tree lights up, and then I push the button. No, wait, 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 wait. I push the button, and the tree lights up. 
It's a very obscure Batman Returns quote for you guys. <laughs> Anyways. I got a bigger fish to fry. I got a bigger fish to fry. If I sound a little weird, it's because I'm remoting in right now. I am remoting in from the North Pole to check on that Sky Striker. I don't have my usual setup for tonight's recording, so uh, I am at a great distance from the North Pole. And uh, sorry for the difference in sound, but I've made it, and I'm checking on your Sky Striker, Jason. Thank you very much. I've been extra good this year, so I fully expect a Sky Striker under that Christmas tree. <laughs> and I like you... this positive reinforcement, Jason. Oh, thank <laughs> you, Del. If I continue to say it, if I continue to believe it, then a right. I can will it into being. I can will it into being. <laughs> One of these days. One of these days. Now I know how Charlie Brown feels whenever Lucy holds the football. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good grief. Anyway, all right. You heard him. You know him. You love him. It's Delvin Williams, a.k.a. Dark Web. And how are you this holiday season, DW? I am doing great, Jason. Thank you for asking. And um, I don't know if you guys have uh, checked out the halls, but, you know, I brought in, you know, that family tradition that I like to share with you guys. And I've decked the halls with bowls of honey. (laughs) Close enough, Delvin. Close enough. I mean, there's a lot of flies in here for some reason. And I think I saw like a bear get his head stuck in one of them. (laughs) Don't worry about that. It's just all a part of the mirth of Christmas. It's good, honey, too. It's delicious. You can, like, dip your popcorn in it. I mean, there's all kinds of uses for it here. See? It goes well with fruitcake, too. <laughs> it's not officially Christmas until we're all sticky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And finally, joining us around the fire, hot cocoa in hand is our special guest for this episode. You might know him from his podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Give us a beat! It's the funny and talented Rick Heineken. What do you have gift-wrapped in that stocking today, Rick? Well, thank you for asking. Thank you for inviting me. This is a pleasure. This is an honor. I just didn't know I'd be so sticky. <laughs> no one ever expects the stickiness of Crusademus. <laughs> we, we have fantastic showers. Don't worry. You're good. Is Pat going to be in the showers? Uh, don't ask questions. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, because Flint might come up once in a while if they use him. I thought we had him sedated. Yeah. Who authorized that? <laughs> well, it's Christmas. I gave him a little gift. I little, you know. Get out of the basement. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> no. Oh. Oh, we had an understanding, Pat. We're, we'll talk later. If I see one ounce of honey on Clinton, I'm going to know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to unpack with that. I just don't even know where to start. <laughs> Thank you guys very much for asking me to come on. I mean, I've been waiting all year. I've been really good this year. And this is the present that Santa Claus is giving me. So excited. So for you, fine gentlemen, I decided to bring you one of my favorite little mini series from the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, which is Damage Control. Let me tell you a little bit about this. This was written and created by Dwayne McDuffie. And Damage Control is a fictional construction company that appeared in Marvel Comics during the late 90s. It was kind of really designed just to be a real good, humorous bent on the superhero and tights fashion that we loved back then. And just kind of having fun with the entire idea of 
what happens after the destruction, who cleans that up, and how do they do it? And doing it with a lot of comedy. So that's the reason I liked it. Interesting piece of trivia, though. Damage Control appeared in the 2017 film Spider-Man Homecoming. At the very beginning, after the Vultures kind of introduced a little bit and they show them cleaning up, they've got this big contract job, and then these group of people come in and tell them, yeah, get out, we're hired. That's Damage Control. It's kind of cool because for fans of the comic book, you recognize certain characters as they walked in. It's like, oh my God, that is right out of the comic book. So I have to watch Spider-Man Homecoming again because I know the scene <laughs> that you're referring and yep. I've read the comic book now. So now I got to go back and watch it, see if I can it's, recognize the characters. I'm proud to say I got that bit. Yeah, I, I did recognize like the main character, uh, Sally Hogue. Uh, when she came on, she's kind of the one who was speaking from the be- at the beginning. You kind of recognize the general, not Sally, sorry, Anne-Marie Hogue. You just kind of recognize them a little bit when they came in. And it's just like, for me, it kind of screamed out to me. And I was like, yay, I get that reference. That's nice. So... That's the reason I brought it. I just thought it was a very fun and uh, silly little comic book. And let me go into the next piece, I guess. I'm a big fan of the superhero genre. And back in the late 80s, I was always looking for something with really good humor. So when this came out, it tickled my little tummy feathers. This really is <laughs> this really is the rest of the story that you don't see in the hero books. You know, who cleans up the mess? How do they do it? And it focuses on a team of everyday Joes and Janes as they use their knowledge, charisma, and skills to solve the problems left over by superpowers, magic, cosmic forces, you know, everything else the Marvel Universe has. So just humor, everyday people, and some pretty good character stories too. Had any of you guys ever read the series at all before? Starting with you, Jared. I have read a little bit of Damage Control back in the late 80s. It's been since the late 80s since I've read it. But I was proud to have gotten the bit in Spider-Man that I knew who they were. So just enough to get that bit. And um, yeah, I will pass it over to Jason. I've never read it. I remember seeing the advertisements for it in the comic books in the 80s and not really, you know, buying into it. It wasn't really my bag. I was like, oh, this seems kind of silly and kind of boring. So I regret I never gave it a chance uh, until now. What about you, Delvin? I'm in the same boat, dude. I saw the house ads for it. It never struck me enough to buy it. So uh, this was my first time reading a damage control book. What about you, Pat? Um, I'm with you guys too as well. I've heard about it uh, just through other fans and uh, podcasters talk about it, but I've never read it. And but I did understand the bit when it, they came into the Spider-Man. I did too. I did understand the bit, and it, it and it did make me smile. I'm glad I could bring something that you guys have never seen. That makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> now. The reason I chose the second issue instead of the first is the first is a great introduction to everything that damage control is. But I think that the second issue is a lot more funny. It's got a lot more entertaining moments. And so I just want to get past the welcome issue and just get to the everyday nitty gritty of what these guys do. Plus, I just really think that there's some truly funny little gags in here. And really, who can say no to an issue featuring Dr. Doom? Come on, guys. Now, this <laughs> now this is Dr. Really- Doom and the thing. And the thing, yes, this series really does not need much of an intro anyways. I mean, they're messes. These guys clean it up. You figure out pretty quickly who the people are and, you know, what they do. So you guys ready for this uh, two minute brief summary? Actually, it's going to be less than two minutes, but a brief summary of the issue. Wait, you're yes, going to summarize just, the issue in less than uh, two minutes? I'm just hoping this, that J- I, I, Jason takes notes on this whole process. I hope that this is a good gift for you guys. So let's see if I can get through this in one take. A society of secret scientists suffer a serious setback. 
warping their working warehouse into windows. This gleaming glass German goof deeded to Dr. Doom demands damage control to be called to clean. Disturbingly, Dr. Doom's direct deposit draft is delinquent. This destruction disinfectors design a duo to diagnose and discuss the difficulties of debt deficits and deposits with a diabolical dictator, Doom. Assigning an able and acrobic accountant, Albert, and allowing an aspirant adolescent apprentice to a company, an altogether amateur and almost antagonistic aggression is appointed. The thread thankfully throws in another thing when the thing thuds and thunks in, throwing many things. The Fantastic Four, finding his financial figures failing, frantically flies in fist first. Back to the boys brokering with the big bad boss, the accountant actually accounts his actions accurately to the autocrat, identifying an embezzling employee and impressing the imposing imperialist with the intimidated intern. Finally finding freedom for their failing funds, Ben Grimm gets the green new guy who handles the heavy headman handily and who innocently indicates the interweaving investigating interrogation. Calamity is created, causing a clever conclusion. So I give you gentlemen a gift, graciously fleeced of fighting, focusing on finances, and funny, Merry Christmas. <laughs> One minute, 26 seconds. Very good. Very alliterative. <laughs> That's a, yeah, that was a very alliterative uh, synopsis there. You have to understand that alliteration is linking like linguistics. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Lovingly linking. <laughs> Lovingly linking. Uh, later on, Pat, just play it backwards slower. Jeff is the devil. devil commands you. Uh, so, yeah, that's the brief uh, synopsis of the issue. Yeah. Uh, any questions? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, let's not get past started. So uh, what did you guys think about this issue and the concept? Uh, Delvin. I want to talk about the concept. The concept is really good. It can lead to some really freaking funny moments. I wonder if this book would do well today. And I don't know. And that makes me kind of sad that I don't know. I wish that there, there probably needs to be more humor in comic books. And a lot of times they focus on, you know, the thing that's cool or the thing that's mm -hmm. going to get people's attention. And maybe we all do need to laugh a little bit more and not take ourselves so dang seriously. I enjoyed the concept of it, maybe even more than the issue itself. And it's because I'm just as guilty of any average fan as that. I was like, oh, this isn't serious. This is this is goofy. And towards the end, if you just think about the situation of an accountant going into the Latvian embassy to confront Dr. Doom on a bill that he hasn't paid, it's, <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> and, and yet it's almost realistic. It's like, OK, this has got to happen. It's totally realistic. And so all of that juxtaposition in itself is funny as hell. It really is. So the concept of it works extraordinarily well. And heck, Jared and I, during college, we were laughing our heads off to Joe Kelly Deadpool. Mm -hmm. Freaking hilarious. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. laugh out loud funny. And so I think Slash hope that there would be room for something like this in the here and now, too. I think you're right. I think one of the only things I would be missing from it being really relevant here is kind of how fractured even though it's they all share the same universe it feels like a lot of the main titles are really fractured and so it's it's hard to see that common universe and you also don't see the smaller destruction you see the okay 
here's where the planet ends. Are we going to yeah. alternate timeline? So it's almost too big, the things that occur. And we don't have the smaller, you know, smaller scale destruction taking down buildings and things like that. But still. Yep. Pat? thought it was kind of interesting how it came about. I had some questions, though. <laughs> oh, Pat, with the questions yeah. every time. Go ahead, Pat. You can ask, you can ask questions. Thank it's okay. You. This is a safe zone. I'm kidding, guys. It's not really a safe zone. <laughs> Get him! Get him! <laughs> Get him! Get him! Set the trap! You in danger, girl. You in danger. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Pat. Everybody's getting more honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the showers again. <laughs> Clogs up the drains, too. Eventually, you'll like it. <laughs> what you got, Pat? The thing in this one, was he dr- was something going on with him? Was he drawn that way? Yeah. No, this Pat is- wasn't reading comics in the late 80s. <laughs> Next. Yeah. <laughs> this was just really simple. <laughs> I could hate on him. I had the same question. <laughs> yeah, this this was too. during the time period that the thing and Miss Marvel got mutated. So she was human. She she became like the thing, and the thing became more thingy. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This was during the really thingy. Yeah. This is during. <laughs> yes, he was. He was extremely thingy. I was reading. And I'm like, what's up with this thing? <laughs> uh, but no, this was during a time period where he was the leader of the Fantastic Four, and due to more cosmic radiation, he got more cosmically radiated. <laughs> I really wish I was making that up. <laughs> well, it makes sense now. I, I figured something had to be going on. I just wasn't sure why. I'm like, this is really odd. Uh, okay. So my second question is. When Dr. Doom's writing out the check, what do you think <laughs> his checkbook is? What kind of pictures do you think he's got for his check background? Hello, Doom, of course. He had, like, himself. Yes. Hello, I, I'm, I'm thinking Hello Kitty. <laughs> Care Bears, maybe? Mm, Care Bears is a little bit of a stretch. There definitely is going to be some rainbows and, and pastel colors, though. I did find some of the humor, and it was funny as well. Um, just that part, thinking about him, like, okay, he's sitting down at his desk, and he's writing out a check. And then the guy asked him for ID. <laughs> and then he asked him for photo ID. <laughs> can, can we say what kind of balls Bart's got on him? Oh, man. Oh, hold on. Bart has big balls. See what I did there? There you go. There you go. About to be busted. <laughs> Doom appreciates, you know, thoroughness. What about you, Jason? Well, I like what you said, Rick, about how the action today is almost too big to uh, have a title like Damage Control. I mean, the storylines we're reading now, it's worldwide calamities and everything, and it's almost passe, the type of damage that Damage Control was taking care of back in in their day. Mm -hmm. It's almost kind of sad because to tag on to what Delvin said about whether they could even have a comic like this today, it seems like comics are given such a short leash, man. If they're not like, you know, X-Men, Wolverine, Spider-Man, Superman, one of the flag titles where the company's putting all their oomph behind it, there's not a whole lot of room for real creative risks like this was. This was definitely a pet project for the writer, Dwayne McDuffie. This was something that he did. He wrote all three of the miniseries, the Damage Control miniseries that came out. And this was just something he enjoyed doing. Well, there's such a, there's right. a lot of possibilities in there. And, it, you know, we talked a little bit about the Doom scene, which is very funny. But then I thought it was also humorous when you think about all the challenges that the Thing and the Fantastic Four have faced over their storied career. And then the thing that's 
bringing him to heel is like, he can't understand this insurance claim. You know, it's like, not even the Fantastic Four could defeat bureaucracy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so he's got to go get help. And I find that funny. And I just point out to Jared, who makes fun of my job as a rule writer at the Department of Ecology, you see, you see what real, that's, that's power, boy. (laughs) Operation Policy Analyst, represent. All right. right. This book was made for me. (laughs) I like how you said, Rick, that it did kind of intertwine with the Marvel Universe because there were several spots where it did say, you know, and there was an editor's note about, you know, this happened before. Right. And that. So were the other series like that, too? Did they take part in any other? Oh, yeah. This miniseries itself, the last issue, actually crossed over with Inferno. So they were always kind of tying into things that were happening. I think in one of the second series, they actually crossed over with Acts of Vengeance. So it was very reflective back onto things that were happening in the Marvel Universe at the time and just kind of taking a little bit of a joke with it at the same time. See, I'd like that. I think that would be kind of good, like a, a good palate cleanser or just fun at the end when you have this big event happen and all of a sudden then the last few issues or this series comes in and gives you kind of the lighter side of it a little bit. That'd be kind of fun. And finally, what do you think, Jared? I don't know if Pat have any more out of order questions before we move on. He, he probably does. We'll we'll pick him up when he drops him in. It's yeah, fine. I do. Uh, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. How does one get honey out of your? <laughs> uh, next caller, please. Well, if it is indeed my turn, as I flip through the comic here, I get honey on my finger. All right. Uh, that was a collector's issue I lent you, man. <laughs> all right. As I will go last, you guys hit all the high points. It's a very funny book. It's a clever book. Delvin, you're right. They need to bring stuff like this back. The thing that leaped out at me on this is this is 1989. To me, this book feels like it is something of an answer to the JLI series that kicked off in late 87. And they made that the workplace comedy, you know, with Booster and Blue Beetle and all that stuff. And I think this is sort of Marvel's reaction to like, maybe we should do a workplace comedy. And normally I'm not a big fan of the copycat book, but this was well executed and a lot of fun. So I I think it's a great pick for Crusademus. And I really enjoyed it. And that's all I'll add. That sounds like it's going to roll right into rating it. I believe. I think that's how it works here. Pat, do you have any questions? Uh, What year did it come out? (laughs) (laughs) This book came out in 1989. Another summer. (laughs) 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 I faded right into this. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like uh, Pat was laying out a honey trap there. He was, a little honey trap, yeah. (laughs) It's a gold (laughs) trap. (laughs) I I walked right into it. So now it's time to rate your interest in the series. Using the official Crusademus candy cane scale on a scale of 1 to 12 candy canes, 12 being extremely interested and 1 being, uh uh-uh, nope, I got no honey at all for this. How many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing more issues of this title, starting with Jason? Well, using my scale of humor, heart, spectacle, and art, I gave uh, humor a three, heart a three, because I really loved the creative boldness of the theme itself. Uh, Spectacle had to give it a one. There's enough in there to keep me interested. And art, it was okay. I gave it a one as well for a total of eight. Uh, And then using my discretion based off your enthusiasm that we talked about today, I will land on a nine. Woo! 
Woo! I will take that. So, Pat, what do you think? Well, using my scale of art, spectacle, <laughs> heart, and humor, <laughs> and a little bit of honey on the side, <laughs> I'm going to give it a nine, too. Great. Delvin, what do you think, sir? I think I'm in a good mood, and I think that, I don't know, maybe it's because I had too much honey. I'm like a kid, right? You know, sugar, just bouncing off the walls. But the concept alone, I'm going to give it a 10. Well-written humor has its place in any genre or in any time frame. It, humor is not out of style. And hopefully there's going to be a company, Marvel, DC, whomever, that has the courage to come back with books that have, you know, can have some humor and some heart. Uh, in it as well. And this book did have a, a, a lot of good humor in the concept. I find it amazing. This is awesome. This is a good Christmas. You haven't got to Jared yet. <sighs> Jared? Mm. <laughs> what do you got for me, Jared? Using my <laughs> scale of John, Paul, George, and Ringo. <laughs> 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 I'm with Delvin. I'm giving this 10 candy canes. Whoop, whoop, nice. Nice. Very fun book. It. Very fun book. I'm a huge fan of the JLI workplace comedy that made an indelible mark on my comic book reading. And this just falls right into that wheelhouse. So great book. Appreciate you bringing it for Crusademus. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I really am. It's it's a funny, silly, quick read that takes you to a part of the superhero world that you just really don't think about. And if you don't read this book, they will not fix your property after it is damaged in a superhero <laughs> fight. So, you know, choose your choose your battles. That's what I got to say. I'm going to play the role of Pat for a second and ask a question that he normally sure. asks, too. And you may or may not know the answer to this, but has this or the other series has ever been collected? I honestly do not know. I, I would be surprised if they had. I don't think it ever was a big moneymaker for them. I think that the fan base of it, they like it a lot. But I think you guys are right. It's seen as a kind of a joke slapstick even though I want to say it's pretty light on the slapstick. So I don't think it ever has been collected, but at least it's on Marvel Unlimited. Right. And it's ended up being three miniseries of four. Is that correct? That's correct. So 12 issues out there to, to find. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, man. And that is what I've got. So that will wrap up today's gift giving session of the 12 Days of Crusadeness. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics we cover here on the show, or if you give one of our recommendations a try. Let us know what you think. You can reach us at Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, all at Longbox Crusade. You can also email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll compile all the feedbacks for all 12 days of Crusadeness and cover it in the next full episode of the Longbox Crusade. If you want to hear more from our special guest, the talented Rick Heineken, where can they find you on the interwebs, Rick? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> He is a fan. I am a fan. <laughs> Every other week, you can hear me and my jolly little honey elf, a.k.a. Rusty Agent Jeff, at our show. <laughs> jolly little honey elf. Jolly little honey elf. <laughs> oh, now that's going to be a Halloween or a Christmas. Somebody's got to call me that one in my life. That's all I want. <laughs> uh, a.k.a. Rusty Agent Jeff at our show, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. This is where we talk about the most underrated series of the 80s power pack. Also, you can find me occasionally at Comic Reflections talking about the Legion of Superheroes in a segment called Rick Meets the Legion. And sometimes, sometimes you can hear us on on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast dropping in a uh, little pop quiz. <laughs> and if you're loving Crusade Miss and didn't get a chance to listen last year, 
If you scroll far enough back on our feed, you can find all 12 episodes from Crusadeness 2018. And if you moonwalk even a little further back, you might find 2017. And if I may say so, take the time to do so. I've listened to all of them. I went back and listened to them all over the last year. They are truly, truly worth it. It's a fun, fun thing you guys do. Thanks, man. Thanks, Rick. That's awesome of you to say, dude. That makes you a Crusadeness warrior. <laughs> it <Aww>. does. <laughs> and a honey elf. <laughs> no, no, no. Jeff's the honey elf. <laughs> He's got to have some friends. Maybe that's a Crusadeness honey elf warrior. Oh, man. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from under the tree here at the festively decorated and honey-smelling Longbox Crusade Studios. Until then, hey, DJ Christatos, play one of my favorite Christmas jams. Well, Rick, I'm glad you asked. We can wait. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. God, our Heavenly Father, this blessed angel came And unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy Oh, tidings of comfort and joy
All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. I took my pants off, so I'm feeling frisky. How's that? <laughs> Give me a one, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. I think that's yeah, better. Good. Two, one, two. If you're messing with Sweetums, then I'm messing with you. Because we're Chubbins and Sweetums, then we roll like that. <laughs> I don't need a script for this part. Oh, hang on, let me put the camera back on. Uh, pants Actually, down? <laughs> no, 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 camera on, camera on. <laughs> Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> All right, Rick, do you have any questions, comments, concerns before we get started? Um, I didn't read the issue. Is that a problem? No, I didn't either, does. so yeah, I think we're good. We can make whatever we want. I had just gotten home from doing a recording with Jeff and, you know, gotten to bed and kind of just checking things like, oh, hey, they're doing a show. Flipped it on. So my <laughs> wife's just kind of half sitting there reading. And then she, you know, was about to go to sleep and she's just listening and she's busting up laughing. She's like, what are you listening to? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> Some bullshit. I was going to listen to, honey. Some bullshit. <laughs> She, she really had a hard time understanding you guys because I usually play most of my podcasts on like one and a half speed. She's like, wait, they sound sort of familiar. <laughs> she pretend their voices you know, sound more like chipmunks and you'll get it. You should have told us. We would have sped it up. We would have done that for you, right? <laughs> yeah, we would have. Yeah, listen to a very special long last Tuesday episode. All right. <clears throat> lemon face, lion face, lemon face, lion face. Make them hear it. Make them feel it. Make them believe it. Lolita, you are the fire of my loins. Lolita. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. A society of secret scientists suffer a serious setback, wrapping their working warehouse in... Nope, I did it already. I'm already impressed. It tastes sweet like honey. Jared gets it. I get it. I'm with you. The rookies will get it soon enough. I got it. Yeah, Rick. Rick gets it. Pat gave me nothing, but Rick laughed. All right. Uh, that's okay. yeah, oh, don't give me a fake laugh now, Pat. I did that joke for you. That's 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 okay. It was funny for us, right? <laughs> I mean, if you want to bring up jokes to us, especially our own jokes, like we'll laugh at them all day. Definitely. <laughs> we still laugh at jokes we did from the very first episode. <laughs> I just got the silver hands. The you know. Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> Do it live! Do it live!